When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. McDavid centers one timer score. Oscar Clefbaum and Edmonton strikes again in overtime. This time it's Clefbaum. He takes the snap. He looks to the right side. He's throwing to the end zone. There it is. Touchdown Eskimos. Duke Williams. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. So we had Premier Notley live. We'll have more on that on newscasts throughout the evening. Next one coming up at 6.30. My name is Reed Wilkins. We now roll into Inside Sports, and the Eskimos continue to prepare for their Labor Day showdown in Calgary, and I'm pleased to welcome back to the show Eskimos defensive back Aaron Grimes. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm not doing much, man. I'm trying to TSM right now, trying to recover. Okay, good stuff. Hey, uh, Riley mentioned you guys went axe throwing earlier in the week. How did you enjoy that? Oh, man, I actually ended up missing that, but the guys, JC and them, told me it was a lot more fun than they expected it to be. Okay, well, I guess next time they'll, <laughs> they'll have to get you out. Uh, Aaron, great to have you back on the show. Um, before we talk about uh, this season and Labor Day, you know, it's it's been almost exactly a year since you rejoined the Eskimos uh, after being in the NFL, and I know this is this is the weekend where uh, a lot of guys trying out for NFL teams might might learn their fate. Uh, what, what's that? What's that experience like? What what was it like uh, going through it for you? Uh, you know, kind of maybe a little bit of that uncertainty. Not not sure, uh, you know, a year ago maybe what the next step would going to be. What's this experience like for players? Um, and I think it's really tough, you know, um, especially, um, you know, some of these guys are in situations where they feel like they should make a team or, or they've had a pretty good preseason. So even when they do get released, you know, from the club that they're with at the time, they expect to get a phone call, you know, shortly after. And a lot of times it's tough, you know, there's, you know, if I'm not mistaken, you know, every team is cutting cutting uh, half their roster down almost. So there's a lot of guys out there on the market. So it, it gets kind of congested. It gets kind of tough to get a call. So then you gotta you got to figure out, you know, uh, financially and mentally what's going to be the best option for you. Um, is, is it smarter to come back up here and start playing, you know, get some more film or get some money in your pocket? Or is it smarter to sit at home and wait for a phone call? So it's definitely tough. And um, probably some some life changing decisions are going to be uh, made here pretty soon. Was that an easier decision for you last year because you'd already played in the CFL? I mean, there are some guys who might wind up coming up here for the first time and maybe won't be sure what to expect. Uh, for sure, um, it was easier for me in terms of you know when it was time to make the decision to come up here. I knew exactly where I, where I wanted to be. And um, like you said, I already had a little bit of CFL experience, so I knew what to expect. And it was easy for me to transition back to the CFL game. 
but the decision for me was still hard in terms of, uh, you know, I felt like I, I did enough to make the team down there, and obviously it didn't work in my favor. So then I thought, you know, like I just explained, well, there's 31 other teams, and I played well, so, you know, hopefully I'll be getting a phone call. And I did get a couple of phone calls, but uh, a lot of them were kind of those, uh, stay ready, you know, we can bring them in any week now, just keep staying ready. And after a week and a half or, you know, two of getting the same exact phone calls, you know, that's the part that made it easy for me was like, well, forget it, I'll just go somewhere where, you know, I know that I'm wanted and I know I have an opportunity to play. Well, uh, Eskimos fans, we're, we're definitely glad to get you back and still glad to have you on the roster here. Uh, six and four through ten games this season. Uh, but two of the last three have been losses, Aaron, so we'll, we'll transition into some chat about this year and uh, certainly a couple of frustrating second halves uh, in B.C. and in Hamilton where, where some games uh, games slipped away. Uh, in, in your mind, in your mind, what happened there? How come you guys weren't able to, to put those games away? Oh, you know, we gotta we gotta learn to grow as a team. And uh, earlier in the year, we talked about ha- having slow starts, and um, now we're kind of we're, we're talking more so about having uh, bad finishes. We gotta learn how to finish games. You know, as a team, um, defensively, I can speak on us um, more so than anybody else. We gotta learn to get off the field. You know, when it matters most. You know, we can't just start a game and go into halftime up. You know, a couple of possessions and think that the other team's gonna lay down. It's professional football, and those guys get paid to win games just like we do. And um, anything can happen in the second half in the CFL, obviously, especially in those last three minutes. So uh, we we got to make sure we stay tuned in and focused. You know, the whole game, no matter what happened in the first half, we got to come out the second half and treat it like it's a whole new ball game. And um, like I said, we got to know how to finish those games, and um, and hopefully we will on the back stretch of this season and head into the playoffs. You know, you're one of the more experienced guys in the secondary. There, there have been some lineup changes uh, in the secondary based on, you know, some on injuries and, and some on performance or wanting to get some different guys in there. Uh, I know you're out there uh, doing your job, but you're also seen as one of the leaders on the team. How, how much can you help uh, in practice and in games with some of the guys maybe still learning the position or some of the nuances of the CFL? I think you can help a lot, you know. Um... I think everybody here is, is athletically gifted and talented, so it's not so much helping them there. It's, it's helping them mentally, you know, helping them mentally stay into the game. You know, there's going to be guys out here who, you know, like you said, we're 10 games in. You know, a lot of the young guys haven't had to play 18 games in the season, you know, where where it starts to get hard and it starts to get cold and, and things like that. So uh, being able to just to be out there and help them get through that and also help them, you know, with what's going on in the field, what they're seeing, um, you know, kind of things like that. And uh, just trying to keep them locked in, you know, uh, trying to keep myself locked in and keep them locked in as well. Aaron Grimes, Eskimos defensive back, joining us on Inside Sports. So you, we roll into Labor Day here. It'll be your first Labor Day game since, uh, I think, since 2015, right? You must be really eager to get back into that environment. Absolutely. Um, you know, these Labor Day games, they come with a lot of hype, a lot of intensity. And um, they're actually tone setters, you know, for the rest of the season. And also, if we have to see Calgary later this year, you know, it's been like that um, almost every year that I've been with the Eskimos. We play them a few times in the regular season, and then we end up meeting up with them later, you know, uh, down the road. So these, these are tone setters for us for these next eight weeks, as well as, you know, if we play them again, you know, uh, later later down the road. So 
Um, not only is it a big game for us in terms of it being a rivalry, but it's a big game for us because it's the next game on our schedule, and we need to. This is the part of the season where the teams who start to get things figured out and they start to get things on a roll as the teams who end up doing well and, and uh, end up winning the Grey Cup. All right. Well, it's uh, it's always a good matchup, and I know from watching this in the past, you can usually throw the records out the windows because uh, sometimes some unpredictable things happen on Labor Day Monday. Hey, Aaron, you're having a great season. Thanks a lot for joining us on Inside Sports tonight, and go get them on Monday. Thank you very much. That is Aaron Grimes. Another good year in the Eskimos secondary team. Six and four stamps on Monday. More on that game. A little more on Junior. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Football, U of A hockey, NHL, all coming up. Inside sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Chet. You're listening to 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Tonight it is 6.34. My name is Reed Wilkins. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 6.30. Ched had Aaron Grimes on in the last half hour. We came in a little late tonight. We brought your Rachel Notley's comments live. More coverage on that throughout the evening on our newscasts and, of course, more on our uh, news-oriented talk shows tomorrow. You can text 6.30, The phone number is 780-496-0063. John texting in. He says, Reed, Aaron Grimes has been very disappointing this season. He misses easy tackles every game and gets burned in coverage by trying to go for the ball instead of playing the man. That is a text from uh, John. Well, uh, Grimes, uh, Grimes, Grimes missed a tackle, I think, late in the Montreal game that he usually makes. Uh, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you, John. I think Aaron Grimes is the Eskimos' best defensive back, and I don't think it is close. Um, so if that's disappointing in your mind, I, I'm not going to argue with your definition of disappointing, I guess. But I don't think he's been disappointing. Best defensive back by a wide margin. Like, you take Aaron Grimes out of the lineup, John? Is that what you're saying? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that is that, that's what I'm asking. You would take Aaron Grimes out of the lineup? Because if a guy is disappointing, if you think a guy is disappointing, in my mind, you want him out of the lineup. Wouldn't touch Aaron Grimes. That's the one spot in the secondary I wouldn't touch. Uh, Nick Lewis was often covered by Aaron Grimes and some of the best defensive backs in the CFL. How are you doing, Nick? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. Thanks for checking in again. It's uh, it's good to it's good to hear you again. We had you on a few weeks ago. Wanted to talk to you again because we enjoyed our conversation. Wanted to spend more time with you. Uh, Aaron Grimes, disappointing? Yay or nay? Nay, nay. You know those those guys are always going to have ups and downs, and um, I think I think fans are just used to seeing him make big plays, and and they're not making a lot of big plays right now, so. That's a, that's a little bit of the part of the frustrating part for them. Well, the, the defense, I know they got a couple of interceptions against Hamilton. They haven't created a lot of turnovers, and, and you contrast with the last time the Eskimos won the Grey Cup in 2015. That was a team that got stops 
and often got a turnover and sometimes even scored touchdowns. I mean, that was an outstanding defense. I mean, you often talk about playmakers on offense, but you need them on defense too. I mean, you need a sack, you need a pick, you need a knockdown or something. Uh, and the Eskimos, you know, the, the points haven't piled up necessarily. The points against aren't too bad, but it's, it's the stops and the plays at the right time of the game. That's how I look at it. Oh, of course. And, you know, it, it's hard the way that their offense is built for their defense. Uh, they're usually going to and out with making big plays and scoring quick. So they're not really on the field very long all the time. And uh, a couple times they'll have some big drives, but most of the time they're they're scoring big and or they're coming off the field to and out. And, yeah, so the defense is on the field a lot more. And, yeah, sometimes you get tired. Well, you, you, you said something interesting there, Nick, about the way the Eskimos' offense is built. And, the, I mean, hey, they had 24 points in a quarter against Hamilton. Anybody's going to take that. Um, but there, there were the big plays. Uh, obviously, the, the long one to Duke Williams leading the way. Walker got a couple of touchdowns. In the second half, Gable had a long run that was three-quarters of his offense. Uh, I mean, you, you played on some pretty good offenses, and, and you want big plays, um, but you also want to drive the ball. What, like, do you think the Eskimos are relying too much on it? Is is it a mentality? Is it a plan of attack? Is it a slump? What do you think's going on? No, I think they do play towards their big play. They throw the ball down the field plus 15, 20 yards more than any other team. And, you know, that's the way they're set up. And they have the caliber of receivers that can go get it. Kenny Stafford's playing the best season he's played. And you have Duke Williams and, and Darrell Walker. And, yeah, so you have the personnel to do it. Um, but I believe you have a running back in C.J. Gable that can, you know, that can run the ball enough that you should be able to balance it out a little bit more. Just I, I had notes after that game. Uh, Riley had 250 yards passing against Hamilton. 161 of them came on three plays. Uh, so, oh, so, yeah. That's, so, the, that's their offense. You know, it, it's set up that way. You know, they want to go downfield. And, and I've always said with their offense, if you can stop them from hitting a deep play, uh, you have a great chance of keeping their, their score under 20. So do you, I mean, you were an offensive player, but do you think defense is like that, that, that they will sit there and say, fine, take a shot, we'll roll the dice if you're, if you're going for low percentage plays, just don't drive the ball on us? I mean, do you think, because we've seen a couple teams blitz Riley and take away short passes and almost dare him to throw the ball deep. Oh, yeah. And, you know, different teams are going to have different personnel, so they're going to be built to try to take away different things. Uh, I think if you can get pressure on Mike with four or five and, you know, and then try to play an umbrella over top and just not give give up the big play, uh, force them to have to drive the field consecutively, it's something they're not used to doing. And, and the way that they're playing right now, Mike will probably start to throw the ball up and give his receiver chances to make those plays and might make some mistakes. Um, if the defenders can make the plays instead. Uh, I mean, you, you you had a lot of successful seasons as a receiver in the CFL. What it, when, when you played, what most threw you out of rhythm or threw your offense out of uh, out of rhythm? Was it was it a type of coverage or defensive scheme, or might that vary from week to week? No, the only people that can stop me is the OC and the quarterback. That was it. <laughs> nice. There's nobody else. It didn't matter what the defense did. If the OC wasn't trying to give me the ball and the quarterback wasn't trying to give me the ball, that's the only way you can stop me. Okay, so from a team <laughs> from a from a team perspective, now I love the confidence. By the way, uh, from a- <laughs> no team perspective, it's it's good. It's fun. You know, it's it's a lot of fun to go out and get challenged. And you know, a lot of the times, and especially in the playoffs, 
um, teams would try to take away your best two options, and most of the time they were trying to take away me and Cornish or me and Joff or, or Rambo and Joff. And, and just to see the different ways that, that teams play. Um, and that's the – when you look at the Labor Day and Labor Day rematch, and the team that loses Labor Day will make the most changes going into the rematch, but both teams will put in plays for both games. Uh, and some they'll save until the second game, but it, it's just such a it's a great you know chess match to see the difference um, in how teams will try to cover um, and how teams try to ma- match up. Well, that's the that's the great part of football is all, is all the adjustments that happen, and I always love the stories. Uh, I mean, I've had teammates of Doug Flutie on that say like he would literally draw up plays on the turf or in the in the uh, <laughs> in the dirt in the huddle. And and as a receiver, you're probably dealing with that all the time. You're supposed to run twelve, but oh, I think I can take it to fifteen, or I got to cut it off at eight. And the quarterback has to recognize what you're thinking in a split second to complete that pass. Yeah, and th- and that comes down to just understanding your receivers and. Um... You know, Hank pretty much knew on my 10-yard outs I was only going to go eight. Uh, if I if I hadn't got the ball yet, I might go six. So, But you don't want to get open when the quarterback's not ready to throw the ball. And that's another big thing is, as a lot of receivers, they'll do that, but the quarterback's not ready to make that throw. And then the quarterback's either late making a throw and throw a pick or uh, you don't get the ball. So you have to be very careful uh, with cutting your routes off early and, and doing those things unless the quarterback just knows okay, they're seeing the same thing. The defense is sitting on you, so you're not going to go as deep and, and things like that. All right, Nick Lewis, former CFL receiver, joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Of course, uh, mostly a Calgary Stampeder. You played your last three seasons with the Alouettes. Nick, I, I, I am almost shocked by this text. Nick Lewis, my favorite non-Eskimo player in the CFL. Come back, Nick, come back, play one more year. What a consummate professional. You're getting that in Edmonton, Nick. Somebody wants you to come back and play, and call. you're being called his favorite non-Eskimo. How about that? Hey, that's awesome. You know, I'm getting a lot of love now that I'm retired, you know. It, it's good. <laughs> yeah, you, you, it's, you, you, it's amazing how much more popular you got once you quit playing, isn't it? <laughs> I know, and I went, I was working out uh, last week, and um, I've almost put in 150 miles on the spin bike this uh just this month alone so I've, I've been so pumped up and and i'll be in there and i'll compete with myself when i'm riding and i'm like you know what i could go back and play and then after i'm done i'm like no nah, i don't want to <laughs> <laughs> right then you realize okay i don't i'm tired and i don't want to get hit on top of being tired right it's one game like one game you're good and then what happens if you're like you know what i'm really done you know like you want to play that one more game but then it's like what happens if you're really just like i don't want to play anymore after that so uh, I, I believe I'm done. Uh, well, you know what? Last time you were on, the the Deron Carter stuff was going on. He, well, I mean, what did you think when he got released, like outright released? You know, that's one of those things where I look at their offense. Um, their offense is not really built to get one person the ball. It's to spread the ball around, uh, try to be efficient, and to take the pressure off the quarterback from trying to get the ball to one person. Uh, and you can look at their best receivers, Naaman Roosevelt, and has, I think, 46, uh, 47 attempts this season. And Edmonton has three guys over 60 or 70 attempts. Yep. So you, you see the difference between one team to the other. And when you have a guy like Duran who wants the ball, who can make plays and do things, and he doesn't really fit their offensive scheme because when you're not trying to get Duran the ball, 
you're almost wasting him. And I think it was just a mutual thing where, you know, we're not going to try to get you the ball, and you're not going to get the ball enough to be happy. So we might as well part ways. Uh, is it going to work for him in Toronto? I mean, he's going to be with Tressman, their their quarterback situation right now. It's uh, it's uh, McLeod uh, Bethel Thompson at quarterback. Is 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 he going to be utilized differently there with Tressman as the coach? I believe so. If you look at it, um, Edmonton, BC, uh, Ottawa, Toronto, and Sask all run the same offense with the same terminology, and it all stems from Tressman. So if you're stemming from the guy, I believe if there's one of those five coaches that's able to get one guy the ball, it's him. But, I mean, you you got to believe Jason Moss can do it too because he get, it looks like he gets the ball to Duke, Williams, and Stafford whenever he wants to. All right. Nick Lewis joining us on uh, Inside Sports tonight. So uh, you, you joined Calgary in 04, which, by the way, was the last time the Eskimos swept the Labor Day home and home series every year since then has been uh, a split or a Calgary sweep. The Stampeders have swept it uh, five of the last six years, including the last uh, three. Well, in 20, I think in 2013 you might have been hurt for it. I can't remember. Uh, yeah. But uh, but anyway, the last three years you were with the Stampeder. Some of your, I mean, usually things went pretty good for you as a Stampeder on Labor Day. Not not every year, but usually pretty good. What do you remember most about that series and 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 the vibe surrounding the game? You know, I just always remember A.J. Gass, Senior Mobley, and uh, and those guys just setting a tone of nastiness and and just always bringing it. And it, it was such a great, um, great day for football. You know, you show up, you see them down there, and the, the colors already contrast, you know, with the yellow and green to the red and black. And it's a contrast of color, so it's a very fun atmosphere. Uh, you see the stands start to fill up, and, and it's great. Uh, and then to be able to do it again five days later, I think they've made it six days now. So to be able to do it five days later in Edmonton is, a, is another honor. So it was always good. Yeah, it used to be Monday, Friday, and uh, now it's Monday, Saturday for the extra day off. Did, did you I, – I mean, most guys say that's that's tough, the short break, just getting Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off. Did that Did that throw you off a little bit, or how was it? No, no. Um, later in my career, like last year, playing two games in five days was very hard for me. Uh, but early in my career, um, I, I believe I could have played two or three games a week. I was always ready to play, uh, always energetic and, and ready to go. Um, the, the, the roughest time was when I cracked two ribs on Labor Day and ended up playing on the Friday. And, yeah, it was a, it was a rough one. You, you play, uh, what year was that? Do you remember? I don't remember that. No, I you probably didn't tell anybody at the time. Year. Did you tell anybody? No, no, oh, I, I really did. You know what? I think it was 2008 because it was 2008 because I cracked two ribs on Labor Day, uh, played the Labor Day rematch, and then the next week against Montreal, that's when I tore my uh, PCL meniscus, and I, I didn't miss any games the whole season, so um, just got to go through it. Well, uh, I don't know how you played with cracked. I assume you were wrapped up like a mummy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't like extra stuff, right? I don't, I don't like putting on extra padding and extra stuff. No, it, it was good. It, I'd rather feel the pain. I don't like to deaden it. I'd rather feel it and understand what it is and be able to go through it uh, than to deaden the pain and then hurt myself even more. Okay, well, that's great. Uh, does, <laughs> this, this is good. Uh, does it? Does anything carry over from one game to the next? I mean, is there? 
Uh, and I mean, look, the Stampeders are going to be favored this year, Nick. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that. But does, does anything that happens on, on the Monday game carry over to the next game, or is it a clean slate by the time it rolls around? I just think no matter what happens Monday, it's going to be a close game on Friday, and um, it just goes back. Like I remember 2010, we when we won like 55 to 13 or whatever it was, 15, and and then you go into the game and on Friday, but you know they've raised their level, and you can't go in expecting just to beat them. And they're going to come out and play. I mean, they're professionals, but they're a very good football team, and especially this year. And with their offense, you know, even if they go out and have a bad game on Monday, you know they're only one or two plays from changing the course of the game on that Friday or Saturday. So, and that's going to be my final question, Nick. I mean, I mentioned Calgary's favored. I, I would think even the, the, the hardest core Eskimo supporter recognizes that and, and how the Eskimos have let games slip away two of the last three weeks. For the Eskimos to win, let, we'll just look at Monday's game right now. Next Saturday seems a ways away. For the Eskimos to win on Monday, uh, you know, give give me a couple keys because I you, I kind of hear you suggesting that that maybe uh, it's it's not going to be the walk for Calgary that some people might think. I think the two things that Edmonton has to do well is one, they have to get pressure on Bo with five five players. Uh, it's hard to bring blitzes on Calgary. Uh, they're very prepared, and they're able to get the ball out. Uh, the receivers are making big plays. You see what Kamar's doing. Um, and also, I believe on offense, you need to ball control the game because whenever you put Calgary in a situation like when Sass did and you ball control the game, then now Calgary has to be the team to go out and make big plays when they're not really the big play team. They're more of the uh, methodical go down and score, give our defense some rest, uh, punt the ball, we'll score when we have great chances. And they're going to do their play that game. So whenever they're doing that, that's the best way for them to play. And if Edmonton can keep the ball and make Bo become a big play guy, then they have a better chance of uh, getting some interceptions and, and doing that. Okay. Well, there's some keys for people to watch for. Nick, uh, thanks for being so generous with your time again. We always wind up uh, talking about a lot of stuff. I hope this isn't the last time we do this this season. Enjoy Labor Day weekend, man. Appreciate it. Have a great one. That is Nick Lewis checking in tonight. Longtime Calgary Stampeder wrapped up his career with the Montreal Alouettes. 1,051 receptions over the course of his CFL career. That is more than anybody else who has ever played in the league. Uh, you can text 63630, phone number 780-496-0063. We have the Labor Day game on Monday, of course, 1130 in the morning for the countdown to kickoff, and the game will start at 1. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. So you heard it there from Nick Lewis. He feels the Eskimos are too reliant on uh, trying to go after the big play. He said they have the most passing attempts of over 20 yards. He says they need to play a little bit more of a ball control game on Monday against Calgary, and they get pressure on Bo Levi Mitchell with five guys, so you can still have seven in coverage. The Eskimos uh, have not gotten through on their blitzes enough this season, and uh, clearly in Hamilton, I mean, they, they didn't, well, they didn't really didn't play good offense at all. They got the big plays, but there wasn't a lot of driving the ball. 
not a lot of chance for the defense to rest, and that hurt them, and especially in the fourth quarter when they had the lead. The Eskimos drives in the in the fourth quarter, uh, they had drives of three plays, three plays, three plays, and two plays. So that's not going to kill a lot of clock or get you any points. So there are some keys from Nick Lewis looking ahead to Monday. After the 7 o'clock news, this will be fun. We'll have Sam McKaig on the show. He's uh, with the Hockey News, and... He, uh, he, he did a pretty interesting column recently about uh, outlandish predictions for all 31 teams, which I thought was pretty fun. His, his Oilers one actually isn't that outlandish. They're not all insane. His Oilers prediction is not that outlandish in my mind. It's a lot more possible than some of them, but uh, it's, it's kind, of, kind of funny, too, that, that he got uh, tasked with that at a time of year when we're all sort of itching for, for hockey to start and we can stop making predictions and quibbling over projections and get down to the real thing. 780-496-0063. Ron has called in tonight. Ron, what's going on? Just wanted to bring you up to date about a new hockey league that's starting in Alberta. It's the uh, Western... Hmm, let me get it back here. Uh, oh, yeah. I had it here. It's, anyway, it's the Western G, uh, States Junior... A Tier 2 Hockey League, and we have four teams in Alberta starting up this fall. We have one team in Edson here, the Edson Arrows. We have the uh, Hinton uh, Warriors, and we have uh, a team from Coal Lake, the Coal Lake Wings, and a team from Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan. So what is this, Junior A, how is this going to work with the the AJHL already well-established, though, Ron? Uh, you know, I'm not sure how it's going to work with that, but uh, they they do have uh, teams coming up from Washington in November to play. They'll, they'll be part part of the schedule for these teams. They'll be playing approximately 56 games okay. this year. All right, Ron, I'll have to look into that. Thanks for the tip. Okay, buddy. Okay, take care. Bye bye. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six. Zero zero six three. Uh, also tonight, we will talk to Zach Sachenko. He's the goaltender for the U of A Golden Bears hockey team, the reigning national champions. They're already back at practice. They will go to Penticton next weekend for a couple games against UBC. Darcy Park will check in as well. He's the head coach of the Edmonton Wildcats. They are 0-2 to start their eight-game regular season, though uh, we'll see how he is uh, feeling about the team. They do have a very winnable game coming up against the Calgary Colts. Uh, again, the big uh, pipeline news today. Today, Premier Notley reacted. You heard it live on 6.30, Ched, at 6.05, and we'll have more on that coming up in the 7 o'clock news. My name is Reed Wilkins. Coming right back. 6.30, Ched, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30, Ched.